Hey, just wanted to offer you a chance to get to the Resonate conference that's sold out that's coming up in May. It's May 15th and 16th in Atlanta. I bought an extra ticket, and I'm going to give it away to someone who subscribes to my newsletter. Yes, you're going to have to subscribe. You can text the word RESONATE to 44222, the word RESONATE to 44222. It's going to ask you for your email, and that's what it's going to take to get entered into the drawing. It's one ticket. I paid for it personally. Um, You get to hang out with me. It is Monday the 14th. It includes a cocktail party. It includes lunch both on Tuesday and Wednesday, and it includes an incredible dinner Tuesday night. And I just can't wait because I think it's one of the best conferences. What I I described it last year, because a bunch of people asked me, hey, what was it like? Very technical, and the attendees were younger. Now, I'm an old dude. And compared to that, they were definitely younger, but they were so technical. Uh, One of the guys I was talking to was selling on 16 different channels. The details and the intimacy, because you're so close to the speakers, you get to talk to them, you get to ask and go deeper. And it's just really, really a valuable conference put on by Seller Labs. Yes, they're one of my sponsors of the show, but I bought the ticket. So, you know, to be fair, um, it is sold out. They didn't give it to me. But I want to help them because I think it helps you. And so for me, um, to get a chance to see Ezra Firestone speak, I've not seen him speak personally, face-to-face. I'm dying. Brett Bartlett. Uh, when you see James Thompson um, from Prosper Show, Peter Kearns, um, they've got this uh, expert coming in who's doing uh, talking about Instagram, and she is talking about Instagram um influencers and how to use them for your products. I mean, this is really, really intense stuff. It's it's held in an amazing place. This was a new venue in Atlanta. So you're responsible for your own hotel, your own flight, your own transportation to the event, but the ticket itself is paid for. I paid for it because I'd like to hang out with you. So if you're interested in it, all you have to do is text RESONATE to 44222 and it'll ask you for your email. That's the cost. And you're going to get subscribed to my newsletter, which I think is a valuable newsletter. But then again, maybe I'm biased. But if you want to come and hang out with me in Atlanta, it's going to be in May, coming up quick. So I'll probably choose the uh, the person pretty quickly. So any questions, just send me a note at Stephen at ecommercemomentum.com, Stephen at ecommercemomentum.com. Welcome to the e-commerce momentum podcast, where we focus on the people, the products, and the process of e-commerce selling today. Here's your host, Stephen Peterson. I know I say it a lot, and I love what I do. I love talking to people, and I love, I love when somebody can help me understand something that's way obvious, and you know, I'm just not bright enough to catch. And when he says it, I'm like, oh, I get it now. Number 290 here, Andy McCann. Now, Andy's a humble guy, uh, teacher, but a very cool teacher, teaching in a very cool school district because they get it. They see what what um, the value of having consistency is. Kind of a cool story. We do get into that. But what's very cool for me is, you know, and I think it comes across in Andy's call. After the call, we, we talked about a little bit where we were talking about people leaving this world because they're not as successful as X. They didn't hit the same sales number as Y. And these X and Y people are just people. But they're measuring themselves against other. And Andy said, you know, I kind of felt that way. He did. Um, And by him settling back, that's a term I use for it, he was able to adjust some things and then settle back. And he's in a stride now where now, a year later, 
he's able to advance where he couldn't before. It's a very cool place to get to, and I just hope that if you're in anywhere in that journey, that you listen to this and you take that as good, solid advice from somebody who's done it, Andy, um, and his contact information. Reach out to him if you feel like you need to, and take it forward. Take it all the way and just realize that you do get more than one chance at this, and you're learned, you've learned something, you've learned a lot, and there's no sense in losing it. Just settle back and then move forward. Let's get into the podcast. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. Very excited about today's guest, who is a he is a very busy man, and so the only time I could catch him is in between activities because he's got kids, he's got school, he's got well, he teaches school, so that's part of his story. But he's always traveling, he's always busy, and so I'm very very fortunate for a chance and an opportunity to talk to Andy McCann. Welcome, Andy. Hi, Stephen. Good to good to be here. Well, it's good to have you here. Um, we've uh, met face to face at least once. Was it twice? Uh, no, just once. Just at, uh, once. Uh, yeah, Rocky, Rocky Mountain. There. Rocky Mountain, and uh, Andy's a, uh, a, a hulk of a man. Uh, him and Andy Slammons, uh, the two of them together, you know, really intimidating. And what's <laughs> cool though is you guys have such similar stories and similar backgrounds, and just. That similar nature. You're both gentle kind of giants, you know, just real kind, real, real unassuming. How's that fair for you in the classroom? I mean, they've got to be uh, intimidated by you. <laughs> you know, it, uh, it usually works out pretty well, but um, the kids tend to, middle schoolers aren't usually too intimidated of anyone. So uh, <laughs> they, they're in kind of their own little world. Uh, when I taught elementary school for a while, that was a little more... Uh, the, the intimidation was probably a little more uh, of a factor for those kids. <laughs> well, you uh, you teach gifted students, and I'm interested about that story. And I love the yeah. fact that you're with them for three years. I, I that blows my mind because that's somebody yeah. who gets it. That continuity, and you can see them from when they start and can bring them all the way through. There's some real thinking there, and that's really cool. How'd you get into teaching? Was it was it something that you just wanted to do? Yeah, you know, really from. Uh, the time when I was probably 11 or 12, I wanted to be a teacher and just kind of never, never diverted from that. So what were you going to teach? I mean, was there a subject that you wanted? Yeah, I wanted to be an elementary teacher and I did that for about 10 years and realized that I was probably uh, better suited to specialize in just math and science. Um, I didn't, didn't feel like I was a very effective reading teacher. Hmm. So um, I, I made the switch to middle school so I could uh, work just uh, with with math and science and kind of fell into the gifted uh, position as something that uh, I was interested in but hadn't really worked with before. So um, the, my district started this program with the, the top 30 kids out of about 800 get bussed to my school and then I, I get to instruct them for all three years in math and science. So, so when, you con when you talk to your contemporaries in other school districts, because that's unusual. I've not heard of anybody who gets them for three years. I don't Maybe that's a new trend. But what do you think is the benefit of having them for those whole three years? Uh, it's, uh, it's definitely very unique. So I'm, I'm fortunate for that. Um, the benefit is you just kind of, you really get to know the students well and um, kind of can react 
well to kind of when they're whatever kind of their quirks are or um you can, and you can even tailor assignments to kind of their uh what what their strengths are i mean could so you develop really, them over the summer i mean can you say hey this is a way to get ahead if you really want to admit because these are gen- yeah generally motivated kids right i mean yeah generally yeah absolutely we uh we do try to uh you know give them information about uh, any camps that might be going on or classes that are available that you know we can pass that uh information on to the kids and how old so is that, it, how old are these kids roughly uh eleven to thirteen fourteen when they finish eighth grade so you're so. dealing with puberty dude i just it, oh, it just yeah. dawned on me I'm, th- I'm sitting there thinking i wonder how old and i'm like oh my god Wait. yeah no it, oh, it, man. it is pretty funny the you know they'll grow a good foot between the time i uh meet them in the time they leave in eighth grade and their so. voice and the boys the voice yep. changes a few octaves <laughs> and the girls change yep. it's funny and so yeah. uh when you think about your life is there anything more that you would love doing that part or that rewarding part of it uh you know not really i really uh have found my my niche niche here with uh the gifted students and uh now that I've gotten into that, I really kind of feel that uh, fulfillment that I um, was kind of lacking a little bit in my first 10 years or so of teaching. Um, I, I enjoyed it, but um, it just always felt a little forced. Um, oh, that's a good and one. So it, it really took me a while to realize, like, I'm, I'm doing something for two, two and a half hours a day that I feel really... Uh, not very good at the teaching reading and um, so in, in despite kind of my efforts to improve just never felt uh, like I like I was getting there so well, you used a powerful word there that forced I think that's a very powerful term and I think that happens in a lot of businesses a lot of lives probably in a lot of e-commerce businesses and I know this is an yeah. e-commerce discussion and we're going to get there but but I think that's a powerful term who recognized that it was force? Was it you internal, and is that a failing? Uh, did you ask for help? Because guys don't ask for help. I mean, walk us through that. I mean, it's real. Sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree. Um, it was kind of identified really in my uh, in my student teaching. We have like a college professor who kind of advises us, and he kind of mentioned you know, that was kind of my, my weakest area. So really from the get go, it was something I was aware of, but, um, it really took, I switched school districts after about five years and that, that new district just had a different approach to teaching reading. And, um, I could just never really, never really felt like I was uh, doing it as well as I could have. Um, or, or as others were, and it's such an important thing to you know that for that well, stage it, of life. Was it a love? Was it a was it a you know like like what's the difference? Because I think this yeah. is important. When you go to math and science, you're in your lane, right? Things are yeah. easy for you. With this other thing, is it is it not be, not that it's challenging? It's just not enjoyable. You know, it, a lot of it was. I had a really hard time connecting with kids who struggled with reading oh, because 
I just never, I never remember having any sort of struggle with it. So it was really hard for me to relate. And But what do um, you do with a kid that struggles with math and science? I mean, because that's a very difficult subject. Yeah, you know, it really is. Um, those are subjects that I felt like I struggled with a little more in my schooling. So it's it seems to come a little more naturally for me to be so able to So you can kinda... relate to those kids where the other ones you yeah. can't. And so liken that to e-commerce, right? So thinking sure. about the parts of the business that you love or you get passionate about and the parts that you don't. Because I always think people walk away from this and I'm always like, no, wait, there's so many sides to it. I mean, sure. before, before merch came along, Andy, because Andy's a big merch guy and we'll talk about that. But before merch came along, do you think you would have stayed in e-commerce as heavily as you did? I mean, you were a big eBay seller for a long time. You do FBA and all that kind of jazz. But could you see some of that passion potentially leaving? Yeah, for sure. Um, I, yeah, I've sold eBay since college, really, and kind of went in and out of that. Um, You know, I did books for a while and then vintage clothing and and kind of never really hit my stride um, for, for a real long time with either of those. And then um, when merch and kind of FBA came hand in hand for me, really, um, as far as when I began those, um, I reached out to Andy Slammons because I kept seeing his uh, postings on Facebook. He and I uh, were, we knew each other growing up in Aurora, Illinois. So we've known each other since, you know, I was maybe 14 years old. So um, we, I would see his postings about Amazon and I just kind of was a little dissatisfied with my, with my job, uh, teaching job at the time. Because you weren't in that lane. Yeah. There had been a little shift. I taught the gifted a few years and then the district, made a couple changes and I was just wasn't real happy for uh, about a year and a half. And um, I was able to, you know, I I talked to Andy and I just said like, Hey, you know, I'm interested in e-commerce because it's kind of always been something I've, you know, liked being a part of and, and I see you're being successful with it. And so Andy was the one who pointed me, you know, in the direction of merch and FBA and merch comes naturally. I've always had kind of a design uh, enjoyment of design. So you take design to a new level. I've seen some of your designs. I mean, you absolutely (laughs) have, have a gift for it. You know, it's funny. You're the, I think the third person that I can think of right away at the top of my head that has adopted that they basically had something they weren't enjoying and they were able to fulfill it and fill it in specifically with merch. And I mean, it definitely seems more of the artist side. Um, It fills out that piece of their life that they were missing. And then all of a sudden, it's not like they get complacent in where they were. They, they could settle back into where they were. It's like they need something, need something. They found this and it allows them to settle back in life without like running away from something. That's a very, very cool thing to figure out. My friend, that's a very cool thing. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way of putting it. It really it does fill that that desire to create, and um, it, you know, it does it like you said within the the ability to kind of keep my 
my other passion uh, for teaching going as well. So right, because you, otherwise you'd have to give it up completely, and then more, yeah. right? And then it's like, yeah, wait, and then that longing would be there. And so, yeah, it, it doesn't have to be. Maybe, and I think you're probably you're definitely one of the top five. I can see that it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Yeah, right? well, yeah, absolutely. How about your parents? I mean, did your dad have that option? I don't think so. I mean, I'm probably no, no. Yeah, he was uh, he was actually a commercial photographer, and um, yeah, he just was kind of you know stuck within in the confines of that, and uh, yeah, definitely yeah couldn't really branch out, you know, because it would have uh, yeah just had an effect on his overall business, and uh, yeah, just the the focus on the business had to. Had to always kind of be there. So, so you adopted uh, this FBA life, and, and it was going pretty well. But the merch specifically. So, kind of, how much time do you spend on your business now? Um, because you're having a pretty good year, and you're going to do better this year based on your sales. So, you clearly figured some things out for your level. Now, you're not going yeah. in trying to make the million dollars. That's not your goal. Your goal is to no. make some additional income and fulfill. Quite frankly, I think it's very cool that you get to fill that niche, that that piece yeah. of your life, that lane. What what have you done that others can learn from to kind of get that levelness? Because I think you're doing a good job at it. Yeah, you know, one of the things I try to I try to keep my uh, my family life is extremely important to me. So um, you know, I, I've never wanted to sacrifice that time in kind of, you know, spending the time with my, uh, my merch business or my FBA business. So, and that's, you know, it's kind of perfect because those are so flexible. I can work on that stuff once the kids have gone to bed or, uh, you know, even when I have 30 minutes over my lunch break, I can kind of take that time to, uh, throw a shirt design together or, 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 shoot some emails off for, uh, you know, look, looking to get some merchandise developed. Um, it's just such a flexible thing, but being kind of purposeful with your time, I think is real important mm. to, uh, to, to making sure you're, you're able to kind of, kind of all those aspects of your life that are important, uh, to you. So, would um, were you, would you say that that's a strong suit? Does that come easy? That being purposeful for you, or is that a struggle? Um, and then if it is a struggle, is there are there any techniques or trips that you could offer us? Sure. Um, it in general, I've always been a pretty hard worker. Um, even in my early years of teaching, I ran my own painting business for about ten years. And that was, you know, I was full-time in that all summer and throughout the, the school year even, I'd, I'd paint over the weekends and such. But um, really once we had kids, I realized, like, that type of work didn't align with my, my desire to, to be with my family as much, you know, when I had the, the opportunity. So um, I moved away from that. And that was within a 
couple, maybe two or three years was when I started uh, getting into FBA and that, that flexibility there really aligned very well for me. Okay. And, but I've always, uh, I've never been, you know, to the one who comes home and throws my feet up on the couch and cracks a cold one and just relaxes for the whole evening. Um, oh, there's part of me that's jealous of that. Too. <laughs> there's some time. I've seen you do that, yeah. by the way. I'm just saying. That. <laughs> you know, uh, what's interesting is I'm sitting here thinking about, I mean, what kind of impact has this had on the kids in the classroom? I mean, because they've got to be inquiring minds, and they're smarter than oh, most. Yeah. I mean, walk us through some either um, things you've been able to bring into classroom to teach um, sure. Young, because I'm interested to see, you know, have you run into an entrepreneur yet? I mean, do you have you met a kid that you just know? There's no doubt in your mind he's an entrepreneur. Um, yeah, I've had, I've definitely run across a, a couple kids who have that uh, that desire there. You know, the the slime craze of a year or two ago. I had kids uh, making it and selling it at school, which I I wholeheartedly encouraged and then the uh administration kind of quashed that but how dare but, you that doesn't yeah. fit the system there's one way to do everything <laughs> that's right yeah um but i definitely uh, have been able to kind of bring my my passion for the entrepreneurship angle into the classroom and and really just use it as an example of um, the the amount of kind of uh, how wide open your options are as the, as the kids yeah as they're progressing in their careers um, you know I'll use some of the things I do as an example and, and you know I'll talk to them about that I went to uh, you know the grocery store the other day and I bought fifty uh, boxes of cookies. That I'm going to resell on Amazon, and they just think it's hilarious. Like, um, who would buy these cookies? Yeah. <laughs> Why would they buy these cookies? Exactly, yeah. And, and I use that kind of as a teachable moment to say, you know, to kind of explain the reasons why someone would buy these on Amazon and, um, you know, the distribution of it and, and uh, really kind of take that, you know, couple minutes to, to point out some of the I, I think the things the kids don't think about all the time, you know, they're, well, they're very black and white, like uh, concrete thinkers at that age. They're... Let me ask you this, because uh, you've been teaching long enough to have uh, a frame of reference. The kids today versus 10 years ago, whatever you could go as far back as you can in the same level, the gifted program, what technology has had to you know, vastly changed in 10 years. I mean, it's changed in, oh, yeah. in five years, let alone 10 years, right? Sure. Today, I mean, A, is are you surprised at how advanced some of them are, um, just so technically savvy with their phones, and they realize that that phone is better than any computer you and I would have had as a kid, right? <laughs> and, yeah. And therefore, do they see those bigger opportunities? Um, because it's evolving so quickly. Um, it really is. And I'm just intrigued yeah. by that. You know, I think it's still, by the time they get to eighth grade, they're definitely starting to become aware of some of that, uh, that 
kind of opportunity that's out there. They're thinking girls and boys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they're very There is that, uh, yeah, that puberty thing. That really does play. Yeah. Hmm. Um but that's you know, it's really something that I I like to try to keep at the forefront of their you know, their mind. And I like I point out to them when I was their age, it was literally you know, ninety two, ninety three when the internet was just something you might have at your house. Like, you know, there might be a handful of people in your school that had a computer and, you know, the, the AOL or whatever um, at their house. And But then 10 years later, when I graduated from college, it was everywhere. And people were starting to get jobs at Google and things that didn't exist 10 years before. Um, so I, I really try to point out to them they need to be kind of forward thinking in terms of what they're they're going to be doing in 10 years when they enter the workforce because um, chances are it won't be something that's around right now. That's a um, very valid point. And my wife told me yesterday, now we live in a small town. However, there's a company called Ahold and they own these, it's a mega grocery store. It's like number two in the world. Okay. Their corporate headquarters, their U.S. headquarters is in our town. And so our local store tends to get a lot of the trial and error stuff. And she okay. tells me, she said, did you go down to the other store? She said, there's a robot that cleans the floor. And I'm like, what? She goes, yeah, there's a robot. Like, you know, think of the, uh, what's the Zoom, <laughs> the Roomba for your house. Sure. They, have a, they have one cleaning the floor. And wow. she said, it's got these little eyes. And she said, the kids are loving it, watching it, following it, and this and that. And I said, well, you know, that's cool. I said, but here's something to think about. Do you realize that that's probably taken one, two, three people's jobs. And she's like, huh? She didn't yeah. think about it for a second. And I'm like, well, sure. here's the deal. They, It's such a big store. They probably have four or five people that do that, right? Because it's just so big and mega. Sure. She said there is some guy following that device, right? Or programming it, you know, tweaking it, whatever they're doing, because obviously they're, they're experimenting with it. But I said, more than likely, there was a guy who's actually going to lose his job there. And that's just the start. Now, that's starting in my little dinky town. And we could sit there and say, well, yeah. nobody, nobody wants to be that, that floor sweeper or that floor cleaner. However, you know, it's, it's so prevalent across so many industries truck driving, yeah. right? You're seeing it there, or Uber drivers, right? And so what do you do, you know, you're dealing with smart kids who sure. probably won't be floor sweepers, but they're going to employ or not, in this case, those things. Sure. When, you, when you're looking at that, when you're thinking about that, you brought up a good example. The jobs that they're going to take are probably not even thought of yet. Yeah. What's that, what's that do... You know, even even for yourself, I mean, you've got kids. What are you thinking about as you're trying to help lead our future? Yeah, definitely more. Uh, I try to teach process more than okay. kind of content. Uh, so so that you know, we, we try to approach tasks from yeah, just that standpoint of okay, what's what's the design process that, you know, if we were an engineer that we would go through to complete this task um, and just approach things from that standpoint rather than just a uh, kind of learning vocabulary only or, or uh, memorization of facts that, you know, the kids can look up in, in five seconds on their smartphones. Well, that's a real um, big issue. 
right? I mean, that is fair. Yeah. Like, we had to learn all that stuff. Yeah. Well, well, what do you feel about college? You you obviously benefited from college. Yeah, um, and yeah. you're dealing with smart kids. Yeah. Um, that's yeah, that's be an a, issue. Yeah, absolutely. That's a tough... Uh, that's a tough one because I definitely see the benefit of education, but uh, I also see the uh, the struggle in, that it kind of produces once you're done. And, you know, so many kids are graduating with, with a lot of debt and they even uh, majored in something that they actually aren't that interested in um, or, or is even that useful when they get out in the real world so um it's a tough it's a, tough it's a very tough well let's talk about let's talk about line for me as an educator um, yeah it's tough let's talk about your example so you you mentioned uh in some of the pre-interview stuff about changes in your business when you make changes uh-huh. like that do you say to yourself I failed. I mean, you give a specific example from Rocky Mountain. You you realize you're going too many directions. You're doing too much. Yeah. Is that yeah. failing, yeah. or is that a win because you can acknowledge it? Which way do you? You see know, it? I that's something I struggle with. Is I tend to view it as kind of initially I view it as a failure, um, but I I've had to kind of adjust my mindset. Um, you know, when it comes to things like that, because it is, uh, it's just a fact of life that you're obviously, you're not going to succeed at everything you try. So, um, that's definitely something I have to kind of continually come to grips with is like, it's okay that you're, uh, you're not doing online arbitrage as much now because you just don't have time for it. And, you know, it, it, taking away from the other things that, uh, you know, are, are being successful for you right now. So I just really had to view it as my time is finite. There's a cost to it. I think that's the best way to say it. Because I think about some of the people like uh, uh, David and Ivy Hawkins or Uh or even Jameson Filippi or some of the others that are just crushing it in RA, the Coughlin's and stuff. I, I applaud them even more because they could sustain it. Yeah. That's what I look back and I'm like, man, they have figured that out. That's, yeah. a, that's an art <laughs> that I'm yeah, not willing absolutely. to give. I, that's a cost that I'm not willing to give up because I have different things in my life. Right. And so, sure. you know, to me, I, I see it as a win. I sit back and I hear, I see a couple things about you, Andy, that are very, very impressive and cool to me that others hopefully see also is that you're kind of self-aware you're willing to adjust with that self-awareness. I think that that's very powerful, and I just hope more people do it for themselves because think it. Tell me this. Uh, you're a year later, or probably a little bit more than that. How much pressure have you taken off yourself? Because he's like giving yourself permission. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, really been huge. Um, yeah, I've taken tons of pressure off myself to stop trying to want to do OA wholesale private label RA merch. Um, you know, I literally a year ago was trying to be successful in all of those things. And my wife has a, an Etsy shop that is really, cause you're not busy. Uh, enough. <laughs> yeah. 
so and that's really been successful and growing and, and that's something I help her with too so um, it was really putting a ton of pressure on me so kind of taking that step back and realizing like it's just not feasible to kind of start from square one and become successful in all those things at once are um, you able to help her with that business by the way I was sitting there thinking oh, yeah. about that because that's a very cool, like a common point. Kids, obviously, is another common point in your life, and hopefully yeah. there's love there too. But then to have this other cool thing that you're both kind of doing your own little thing, and then it crosses. Yeah, yeah. No, I I uh, help her quite a bit with um, you know graphic stuff. She does uh, calligraphy and uh, wedding uh, place cards. And so there's times where she has to digitize something. I can help her with that. I help with uh, some of the painting of uh, things and packaging and shipping sometimes. So there's uh, definitely a lot of times that you know, I'm spending maybe 10, 10 hours a week just on helping her. Um, Those are winning hours, dude. Those yeah. are good investment hours. Yeah, no, I, I definitely... I, I like the fact that uh, uh, there's times when I can contribute to her success. But. Well, because it, it, it's a two-way street. And I just, again, yeah. as a guy, I think, you know, I, this came up with my wife the other day and something about, you know, my degree or whatever. And it's like, man, I couldn't have gotten it because uh, I went back and got a master's degree. I couldn't have done it without her and sure. the house and the kids and all the rest of that jazz, you know. And it's yeah. so important that people realize that, that it is a, a real partnership ebbs and flows because yeah. you're on and you're not right how about this when you weren't feeling so good you need her to be the strong one right yeah yeah for sure <laughs> um it, there was definitely times when you know a lot of times when she's had to pick up that slack and um you know just kind of uh you know even even when yeah, when when I'm trying to do so many things, yeah, like kind of like you said, a lot of it falls back onto her, um, and you know she's been really great about about kind of shouldering that and, and supporting me, uh, you know, being able to continue teaching and, and doing all these other things as well. That's pretty awesome too. All right, so one of the coolest things that you did is you figured something out about not everybody wants to sell their own stuff not everybody can sell their own stuff fair yes yeah that's a yeah absolutely they don't want to <laughs> they don't want to why because that part of it sucks right you know lots, yeah you know lots of mechanics don't like to work on their own cars because yeah. you know they want to walk away from it they want to get away from it yeah and so you figured something out about uh, with your merch business. And so I don't know how deep you could go into it or whatever, but if you could walk us through yeah. it, because I think it's fresh perspective. I think, I sure. think uh, it's very fresh. Sure. So one of, my, uh, one of my kind of hobbies, I enjoy uh, collecting rock poster art. And um, so just about a year or so ago, I thought, you know, I should reach out to some of these artists and try to see if they can... Uh, they'd like to license me well, their work to sell. We'll stop there. What is rock? So I think back to the rock of when I was a kid, which would be stuff you, you know, 
you were being born um, that sure. time. And so, so walk me through what, what is, so there are specific people. That's their, that's their, their thing. They draw art for a lot of company or bands and stuff. Is that what? Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of bands will have uh, show specific posters made and um, there's, you know, a pretty big community of uh, people who collect those and kind of have their favorite artists. So they'll, so they're like comic book artists. I mean, they they are literally the same artist. Yeah. Oh, you could get you get a name for yourself in that world. That's yeah. fascinating. Never knew that. Yeah. Blew my mind. Yeah. When I read it. I'm like, what? <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it's a pretty big sub, you know, subculture. Um, and so I, I reached out to a couple, and uh, one in particular, uh, a guy named Emic, who, I mean, he's done posters for the Grateful Dead for. Foo Fighters, Pearl Jam, Queens of the Stone Age, just basically you name it in the last 25 years, and he's he's done a poster for them. And, you know, some of his stuff, you know, will sell for thousands of dollars, um, you know, once it's kind of been out for a few years and such. Um, so he's very collectible, very, you know, very well known. And so I just emailed him one day. Uh, sitting there at my my desk at school on lunch, and sent him an email and said, "Hey, he just emailed <laughs> Emmett. Yo, yeah. yo." I said, this hey, is Andy. Uh, I see you don't have any shirts for sale on your site, and that's you know kind of explain that's something that I do, and um, might have might have uh, imbibed a little bit. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I understand. But, uh, you know, he he replied and said, "Yeah, we just." Uh, got rid of our guy who was who'd been doing that, and you know we kind of went from there. And so uh, that's something that I've been focusing on a lot lately, uh, with kind of building a, a Shopify store and um, getting some other uh, merchandise uh, with his artwork on it. Like uh, that gives you a big name, right? I mean, imagine, yeah. Hey, uh, you know, Steve. You know, well, me and him. Oh, yeah. You know, we go way back. You know? <laughs> No, but you know what it is? Here's something that I think you realized, and uh, you know, I'm sure you. This was the light bulb that went on for you, as I'm. It's going on for me. Is their industry has been completely changed by music yeah. changes, right? The internet and records and CDs and whatever else, and yeah. that means manufacturers who used to print all that stuff, Amazon coming in that world, and Teespring and you know, T Public, all those companies sure. have upended all that. What happened to all that? So the people that weren't pushing it, they get lost. Yeah. They got missed. Yeah. And yeah. you have a skill set that you've learned and earned that you could go and fill in that niche. Dude, I'm telling you, it was like the minute I saw it, I'm like, oh, my God, there was like a light bulb that went on for me. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. But this is across yeah, other it, industries, right? I mean, I, they, we're back to this teacher moment. If people sure. could hear this and see that this is across a lot of industries, these type of opportunities. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, you know, I've just thought of kind of other instances of, you know, where someone can kind of do that. And if you say you're into, uh, you know, animals, you could find a, uh, an artist that does, you know, uh, how, how people get self portraits of their pets. Um, you know, you yeah. find someone who's, oh my God. who's really good at that and you just license their work and you sell, uh, you know, uh, golden retriever 
t-shirts with a really, really good drawing on it. Um, and you know, you, you could, you could kind of, uh, you know, or, or, or the artist could make it an add on for their, uh, client. They could say, Hey, here's your portrait. And if you want, you can get t-shirts with your, your dog's picture on it too. You send know, it out and, to all your family, send it to your kids uh, because Otherwise, what's their option? They'd have to go learn how to do this. They'd have to find a local person to do it, buy yeah. a whole bunch of them, store them in their house, and then ship them out. Yeah. Dude, yeah. dude I'm telling you, it was like this whole niche, uh, this whole group of people didn't have this option until this came along. Yeah. And the fact that you have this skill set, I think, you know, to me, this is the story for your kids because this didn't exist. As many of that, that job-sweeping robot is eliminating yeah. that position. Uh-huh. You just found a whole whole bunch of jobs that didn't exist, right? And now can exist. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh that's definitely a uh, a good point there. I, I hadn't thought of that before. It blow my mind. Oh, toot. Telling you, get me excited because it's just uh again, I think you figured out how many how much you're going to commit to it. And I just hope there's some people that don't leave. Because that's what a, a lot of people do. They just disappear, and then, then we don't know what happened to them. They're gone. And I'm like, but wait, you had so yeah. much stuff you learned. If you can find and settle back like Andy did, because was 60 or 70% of your job, you said two and a half hours a day. So that's 60 yeah. or, or that's 30% of your day wasn't great and fun. Yeah, no, that's absolutely uh the the case it it usually worked out to be about half the day where i wasn't feeling very very effective or like you said even just having fun but you so, figured it out oh yeah all right okay so the goal of the podcast is to help people move forward um two things one is if somebody has a follow-up question is it okay if i put your uh, facebook contact in there for um so they can ask you a question? oh yeah okay yeah, absolutely that'd that. be great all right, so the goal is to get people moving forward, and I, I quite frankly think you already did just by demonstrating that not all is lost. Maybe there's some adjustment you can make and you can settle back in. Um, give us a tip or something that we can get people who are stuck to get past that point. Yeah, I think uh, really just kind of accepting the fact that uh, – you know, maybe if something's not working out like you'd like it to, just to kind of pivot and spend more time on something that is, you know, being successful for you, and then that might kind of free free you up to uh, to find that success in that, which you know you, you could kind of revisit, you know, whatever it was that that you were feeling kind of stuck in or just not as successful as you'd like. Um, yeah, and, and that's you know that's kind of something with me for uh, private label. I was trying to really get into that, and, and just felt kind of stuck. And uh, you know, a, a year later now, after kind of stepping back a little bit from that, I, I've right now I'm feeling like you know I've got kind of a little more focus and energy to put towards that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it wasn't right at the moment. That doesn't yeah. mean you give it up. You just put it off. Until yeah. it's right. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm I'm so impressed, and again, I love the fact that you're teaching kids this kind of stuff because, quite honestly, that's the future. Not all. It's yeah. not all or nothing. It's not all yeah. or nothing like our parents had, 
we have options to yeah i'm so impressed um i can't wait to see you again i wish you nothing but success thank you so yeah, much thank you thank you Stephen, for having me on i appreciate it oh, i appreciate it man i'm so excited after that call because it's just so cool to see somebody so cool figure it out uh it's cool to be cool right um it's just so neat it really is and i just hope again that that others take this moment to sit back and say you know yeah, I'd like to do that, but right now is just not the right time. I'm not willing to give it up. I think about the summer coming up for us, and we like to travel. And we have grandkids, and we want to spend time with them. So guess what? Something's going to have to sit. Okay, great. Let's move on to something else. And then that way that can sit, and then I can come back to it. And, you know, quite honestly, whenever I do prolong something or I put it off, usually it's for the better, and then I'm that much better at it when I start it up again. Uh, something else gets changed or I learn something new or I figure out that maybe I didn't want to do it to begin with. And so guess what? You have permission. Give yourself permission. The teacher, Andy McCann, tells you you can do it. EcommerceMomentum.com, EcommerceMomentum.com. Take care. Thanks for listening to the E-Commerce Momentum Podcast. All the links mentioned today can be found at ecommercemomentum.com under this episode number. Please remember to subscribe and like us on iTunes.